It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we're so happy you're joining us today. It is officially summer. May Semper is over. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All of the things. We had a kindergarten graduation, fifth grade graduation, Award ceremonies. Did y'all do all of all of those things? Yeah, no graduations. Um, but Not Pace had year, like yeah. an honors award ceremony that he got to attend. So we went to that. That was fun. I was very proud of him for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you had a big one about to have a middle schooler. That's a big yes. change. How's uh, he feeling? He's good. He's excited. He's excited. Is you he know, nervous? Yeah, maybe a little. But you know, he's going to have a big sister there, so yeah. I think he'll be fine with that. But. I, I look at it a little bit differently. I do get sad, you know, watching them grow up a little bit. But I also know he's ready. Right. Like, he's ready to move past elementary right. school and do the next step. So He's always been ready yes. for the next step. That the kid's, kid's been grown since grown. he was a toddler. That is yeah. true. So, anyway, he's excited about it. So, that makes me excited. So, That's it'll good. be fun. It'll be a fun time. But we're excited that it's summer. Finally get to do, I don't know, sleep in. Yeah, but you're about to go on vacation. Yes, we're going yes. on vacation, a big trip this time. So, Something different for y'all. Yes, we're doing a cruise this year, so we've not done anything like that with that the kids. The kids have never been on a cruise. No. Oh, man, they're going to have a blast. No. We've been putting it off. Maddie and Landon have wanted to go for a long yeah. time, but we kept putting it off with because the twins. the twins were still so young. But they're six now, so... And they're a little bit easier to manage. Right. So I think this will be a good trip as long as everybody stays healthy and I don't know. It'll be we'll fun. See. Yeah. I'll enjoy it. Y'all will be going on another cruise. <laughs> we'll but, see. Um, <laughs> so last week we talked about how to live like Jesus in marriage and we kind of went into that and some helpful tips with marriage. The episode before was on being a godly wife. So today within our fourth episode in our family series. Tabitha, why don't you go ahead and introduce what we're going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about motherhood. So as we begin talking about being a mom, I do want to begin because I think it's important that we recognize what a true gift motherhood is. You know, I feel like in this toxic mommy culture that we see a lot of now, um, that kids are looked at as burdens. And I just want us to go ahead as we talk about it, that we put it out here that God uses us as the vessels to nurture and raise these little miracles that are going to one day grow up to be adults. We get to do that. We get to experience a front row seat in our children learning and growing in a way that no one else gets to experience. You know, you were gifted your children in the same way that Ashley and I were gifted ours, and it is a responsibility, but what a privilege and an honor it is to get to be the mothers of these great children that God has given us. And I say all that before we begin, because with such great responsibility comes some big challenges. These little humans who we have to take care of to teach and train up from feeding to sleep training to potty training to teaching them their ABCs to algebra. 
Of course, navigating friend relationships and dating relationships and everything in between, sicknesses and all of those other things, we never stop worrying about them. And there are challenges that we are going to face, but as mothers, we can do hard things, and it's totally worth it. Psalms 127.3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So I just wanted us to talk about that before we get into the hard things of motherhood. Yeah, and I actually just read that verse this morning, and I kind of had skipped over that you had put that in here, and it was such a good verse. Yes. It is... It's a reward. They are a gift. A gift, yeah. To us. And that's how I see my kids every day. You know, yeah. being stay-at-home moms, I struggle sometimes with, they're always there. There, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, I never, I can go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah. I can't, you know, and so by the end of the night, sometimes I'm like, about ready to pull my hair out. But I try to remind myself, it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. What so. is that saying, um, the the days are long, but the years, years are, are short. short. And yeah. that is so true. Oh, it's so true. It I'm so noticing true. it more with my second, even than my first. Yes. You know? Oh, for it's, sure. Yeah. It's crazy. But as we begin talking about children, Tabitha, what is one piece of advice that you would go back and tell yourself as a new mom? Well, I do want to say this before I even answer this question, because a lot of people, you know, we have four kids and I get a lot of of times, especially with moms that have one or two that say, I don't know how you managed four. Yeah. And I've look, said that. <laughs> and I sometimes look at, you know, people or families with more kids than that. I don't know how you manage it. But I will say the stress of being a mom was just as strong with one as it is with four. Granted, we are sometimes a little busier. Right. But overall, There's um, more laundry. Yeah, a lot more laundry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, you know, it. It's amazing how God just gives you the strength and what you need with each subsequent kid. Right. As a new mom, though, with my um, with Maddie, I stress myself out about everything. You know, I didn't grow up around a lot of babies or anything like that. We've talked about that I was an only child. I was so afraid of failing. I was constantly comparing myself to other moms like it was a competition. Yeah. And it's not a competition. So in return, because I was feeling the stress and the the comparison to other moms, I was putting a lot of unnecessary pressure on my baby, right. on Maddie, to be the first to walk or the first to potty train or, you know, she had to know her ABCs before she was two and all right. of this stuff, yeah. you know, that I wanted to prove that I was this great mom. Right. That now looking back, I see how ridiculous that was. But I think as first-time moms – we feel like we have so much to prove that if you, if I could go back and tell myself, you love your kid, you are doing a great job, just relax a little bit. Um, because now with more kids, I've realized that that stuff wasn't as important as I and thought it, it was come, at the time. Yeah. Right? It'll come. Yes. They don't go to kindergarten wearing diapers. Yes. <laughs> I don't think, you know, <laughs> no. that, you know, so. and I even asked a doctor that one time, I was like, I feel like she needs to be potty trained or whatever. And he said, how many kindergartners have you seen still wearing diapers? And I was like, none. Yeah. And he said, exactly. That's the goal. It'll come. I'm like, okay. What about you? Do you have anything that you would go back and tell yourself as a new mom? Thinking about it. I mean, I do agree with you. I think I was, I wasn't sure the milestones and when Pace should achieve them, but I was comparing him to other kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, well, by then they were doing this. And by then they were talking and by then they were... You know, and they, they're all different and they yeah. all do things different 
developmental wise. And I'm noticing that more with Reese that I'm like, look, he's just not ready. Yeah. And so why am I going to push him to go to the potty when he screams and kicks his legs when I go yeah. sit him on it now? Yeah. I mean, you know, like. Because you're creating stress ready. in your home yes. that is, is really unnecessary. And if you wait until they're ready, you know, it'll kind of come. But also for me, it's just if looking back, Pace was an only child for six years. He was an only child for mm-hmm. a long time. And so he was spoiled, rotten. I mean, rotten from me and Aaron <laughs> to my parents because he was the only, oh, he grandchild. Was the only grandchild for a long time on that side. Yes, yeah. for my mom and dad for six years, you know. So he was he was very rotten. And so trying to beat the rottenness out of him now at <laughs> <Yeah>. nine, <laughs> it's a little hard. So yeah. one thing that I probably would go back and, and change is that he doesn't have to get something every time you we go, go to, to store. a store. Yeah. Every time – you know, but it would be if we were on vacation and we told him, no, no, we're, you know, you've already got something. We're not getting yeah. you. You know, he would go run to granddaddy and uh, grandmommy. And, and they would get And it. he would come out with something, <laughs> yeah. you know. So he was just rotten. So that's, that's funny. That's a big thing for me is, you know, I felt like I always played with him and I was attentive and everything. But we just really spoiled that child. Yeah. So that's one thing that I can think about with him that I'm trying not to do with Reese and trying to break him of. Yeah. That everywhere we go, you you don't, don't have to get, get something. Yeah. yeah, well, because with one kid, it's kind of easy to do yeah. that. But like with us, with four, oh, goodness. I'd be broke. I can't do that every time. Yeah, so if you did that every time you went to Walmart, yeah. you would have no money for groceries. It would be bad. Sure. Yeah. So this episode is going to be a little different because we're not going to just dive into a section of scripture like we often do. As we talk about motherhood, we wanted to address two big questions that you all asked in one of our Instagram polls. First of all, we wanted to uh, talk about how do you manage your time as moms? That was a big thing that a lot of you moms were saying was a difficult thing in motherhood. And then secondly, how do we raise our kids to be Christians and love the Lord? And a lot of people um, commented on that as well. So, and while we're going to get into both of those questions, just keep in mind that Ashley and I are in the throes of motherhood right now. I just started the teen years, and I, we just talked about that I'll have two middle schoolers next year, along with two six-year-olds, and Ashley has a nine-year-old and a two-year-old. So I would say while collectively we have a lot of experience in raising kids, there are many more of you who are further along in your journey And I think I talked about this last week on being a wife, to always find someone who is upstream from you. So that's the same thing in motherhood, finding a mom who is upstream. I have a dear friend, Christy, who she has three kids and her youngest is the same age as my oldest and they're really good friends. But she, her teenagers, I guess they're young adults now, they've already graduated high school. You know, she was that first group that came through and navigating like phones and social media and stuff. And we align on a lot of uh, the same uh, things. Yeah, principles and values and motherhood. And so she's one that I will kind of navigate to and talk to about, well, what do you think about this? Or what did you do? Yeah, what did you do? Or what worked or what didn't work? And she gives me great advice. And Maddie has learned that too. So she'll play on that sometimes. Well, Miss Christy says it's okay. So I can't do it. (laughs) But she is a great resource for me because she's a little bit more upstream in motherhood than I am. So that would be one of my biggest advice advice for anyone is to find a mom that is upstream from you who's maybe a, a little bit ahead of you in your parenting just so that you can talk to them and for get, practical advice yeah, and get good advice from yeah you know, 
Um, yeah, I like that. Um, so motherhood has also revealed a lot about myself that I never noticed prior oh, to that. Yeah. Um, I already talked about my insecurity, so that was a big thing that came out when I was a new mom. But it also revealed my sinfulness in a yes. way that I never <laughs> even realized. I'm a pretty easygoing person. Not much pushes my buttons, but when I've got four kids running around and they are wild and I feel like they're not listening to me, nothing angers me <laughs> more than that and causes me to yell yes. or whatever. And yes, you know, I will admit I will yell at <laughs> from time to time. And then when I do that, it's like, who is this person inside right. of me? I, that is not who I am. And of course, you know, if, if I do yell, the first thing that they do as soon as Derek walks in the door is tell on me, you know, like mom, mom did this today. today. So I felt like that was something big that motherhood revealed about me that I have had to be repentant of and ask forgiveness from my kids yeah. because I'm like, who is this person inside of me that I never realized was, was there? there? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Yeah. Mine is, I mean, I get last night, <laughs> Mom sent me something funny last night. I have to read it to y'all because I my child has been a wild child here lately, and he just he pushes my buttons. <laughs> I mean, if I tell him not to go outside, he's going to go outside. Yeah. I mean, he can open doors. But she sent me something last night, and it was basically, it says, Did you know that mothers who spend all day with their children produce more cortisol? And that's the stress hormone than 98% of the world's paying professions. Wow. Yeah. So it says, so mama, don't let anybody make you feel guilty for feeling burnt out or needing a break. You're absolutely killing it. And I told my mom last night, I was like, well, geez, I think my quarter's all through the roof right now. I just want to run, run away for a bit. So, funny thing, I have had mine tested and mine is very high. So. Well, there you go. I'd like to have yeah. mine tested now that I've been a stay-at-home mom for three years yeah. and see, uh, see, see how it is. See how it's changed but, since you were working. But thinking about like the sinfulness of my nature, things that I used to do that I didn't think anything about. Oh, yeah, like um, maybe music shows, too. music. Music yeah. is one of my biggest because, I mean, I grew up, my family loves music. My dad's all yeah. into music. You know, I grew up listening to their 80s. You know, from the 80s, so I grew up listening to all 80s, which I still listen to, but country. But then when I got older, I got into rap and stuff in high school. And I always listened to, like, the edited stuff. I was never allowed to buy anything explicit. CDs yeah. or anything like that. I was never allowed to have any of that in my home. But it was, you know, 95.5 The Beat for those listening that remember <laughs> that back from in the Atlanta. day. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, I started listening to that in high school and some songs that I still have on my iTunes because I've had it on there for years that I need to go scrub as Pace started getting older. And I would listen to this and I'm like, wait a oh minute. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I listened to yeah. that, you know, but it was more of, I love music. I love the beat. I loved, I didn't listen to the lyrics. And now that, you know, I have a child, I'm listening to these lyrics and I'm going, Oh you no, can't listen to that. Oh no, yeah. I can't listen to this. And now I don't even want to listen to it when I'm by myself. Yeah. You know, I've just completely had a, a mind shift change with all of that. But, but seeing him grow up now that I'm only listening to Christian music and we listen to Southern gospel for a long time. When he gets in the car, that's what he wants to put on yeah. and listen to. But that that's was cool, yeah. that was a big thing for me was yeah, letting you know, some of that changing go. my music yeah. and letting it go. And even country music today is not what it oh, was. No. Yeah. And I'll I'll turn it over there every now and then. I'm just like, no, because yeah. yeah. think about your child singing those lyrics. I know. 
Because they will. You know, yes, and when will. you hear a five, six-year-old start singing something like that, you know. I don't know like, if I should share this story, but that makes me think of when you were a little oh, girl yeah. and you walked around singing, there's a tear in, in my, my beard. beard. Yep. <laughs> Mom was just talking about the other day. She was like, you always sing. And so everybody would come up to you three or four years old and be like, we heard that you sing. Were you singing us a song? And she's like, they'd expect you to sing some Itsy Bitsy Spider yeah. or something. She'd go, then you'd go, there's a tear in my beard. And they're like, what? <laughs> she said, but you would say beard because yeah. you thought it said beard and not beard. But, you yeah, know, it is. Funny. It's funny. But it that's one thing that I had to really catch myself doing. Yeah. So, you know, Ashley and I have talked about what motherhood has revealed about ourself. But let's go ahead and dig into the two topics that we were going to talk about today. First off being time management. And it's one of those most talked about things in motherhood. We just don't feel like we have enough time to get it all done. And Ashley and I feel the same way at times. Um, But we try to do it all, you know, from working to taking care of kids to being a wife. If you have kids in sports or extracurricular activities to church and dinners and cleaning and volunteering. And we want to do all of these things and say yes to everything. And we're expected to do it all. Um, and most of the time, uh, we we do. We, we do the best that we can. You know, I'll give an example of this past weekend. Um, you know, we had a baby shower yeah. and we had sports and we had all of these things that were going on. And Maddie was wanting to get together with some friends and have them over to swim. And I wanted to say yes to her because I knew that that was something that would be fun for her. But I just did not have it in me. Yeah. Like... We were running so busy, and I had to say no to that. And that's hard. It's hard to say no to your kids when they're really wanting to do something. But we've got to realize, like, this is our point of this. We're putting too much on our plate. Yeah. Because it's causing too much stress in our own hearts and minds, but also in our own families. And do you ever find yourself in that that situation, Ashley? You know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was, I will say that it was. Me and mom were talking about this last night because I just have a lot of issues with my stomach and stuff. And she said, I wonder if, like, your stomach stuff is stress, stress-related. Yeah. And I told her, I said, well, I don't really feel like I'm that stressed. She said, Ashley, I was over there for dinner, and that child had you <laughs> all shaken up. And I was like, I guess I just don't feel stressed like I did when I was working. Yeah. It was different. It was it's different, different kind of stress because when I was working, it was I was away from my kids pretty much all day. And then the few hours I had with them, it was dinner, and I'm trying to spend quality time right. with them, but there's homework, and there's this, and then I'm running here, and then my house is neglected, and, you know, there was all these things, and I just felt like I felt the stress more with work because I had deadlines at work. I had right. such a deadline-driven job, and it was mundane. It was the same deadlines every month because yeah. I was an accountant, so... It was just more stress and thinking that I would take my job home with me, too, and I'd be thinking about that, and then I'd yeah. do this, and So I don't really see, now that I'm a stay-at-home mom, I don't feel like I have as much stress with that because I'm at home most of the time to get my laundry done and do things that make me, those things make me happy when they're done. Right. I feel like I've done something and I've shown myself worth when I do, when I take care of my household. Like, those are the things, but the, the thing that breaks me now, I guess, is just the constant, never getting a minute. Yeah. You know, to yourself or anything like that. But yeah, I think we all find ourselves in situations where we just, sometimes we have breakdown moments that we're like, we can't do it all. You know, I've had many cry moments, but I've sat in the bathroom and I've been like, I can't do everything, you know? 
Well, I realized once I became a stay-at-home mom, I found myself not getting all the things done. And it was more because I wasn't managing my time Your while time, I was at right. home. I think because I looked at it like, well, I'm home all the time. Yeah. I can get to it anytime I want to. Mm-hmm. And as I kept putting things off, I, I it would get to the point that I just couldn't put them off any longer. And then I would cause stress in that. Because there was so much to there do. There was so much to do. And then I would be stressed to the max. So for me, this is, you know, nothing Bible at this moment. This is just some practical tips right. that worked for me. Um, was keeping a schedule, a pretty strict schedule, even staying at home mom. I did that when I was working. You know, I had Mm -hmm. my routine. I had my checklist of everything that I needed to do. And so when I quit work and started staying at home, it was just a free-for-all. You know, do whatever you wanted to. And then at the end of the day, I would look back and think, I did nothing today. Like, I don't (laughs) know what happened. So for me, especially as my kids have gotten older and we have sports and church activities and things like that, I keep a monthly calendar then every Sunday night, Derek and I sit down and we work through a weekly calendar um, to to work out any kinks that we have or if we need to get a sitter or whatever we need to do for that week. And then I myself have a daily calendar that has helped me tremendously. So monthly is more for appointments and practices and things like that. And then as I said on Sunday nights, Derek and I sit down and we talk about what's going on that week. So if there's something that I don't have on my calendar that he does or vice versa, we can talk through that. And then my weekly calendar or my daily calendar is more for me. Right. It's okay. I know I have these appointments that I've got to do, but then I fill in with these are the chores that I want to do. And I even break it down like Mondays, I wash clothes. Yeah. Because from the weekend with six people, I've piles of clothes. So I just, that's all I do. Mm hmm. And I don't put a ton of other things on my schedule because you know, then I'll get stressed because yeah. it's going to be too much, you yeah. know. But, yeah, the, the clothes thing is a big deal. Big so deal. that's what I want to get done. Tuesdays is a pickup day, and I dust. Wednesdays, I, I clean bathrooms, yep. and I'm giving you guys my, my calendar. But uh, Thursdays are kind of where I clean my floors and my hardwoods, and if I want to go shopping or grocery shopping or something like that. And then Fridays, I kind of leave available. Derek's off on Fridays, mm-hmm. so... We do a, a nursing home ministry, but if that's every other Friday. So I'll usually try and choose a chore, like if we want to do some outside yard work or something like that, that he and I can get done together, whatever it may be. Those are very practical tips, but it keeps me on track. Do yeah. you have some of those same things that you might use for time management? Yeah, I do the same thing. It was odd for me when I first quit work because I've always worked. I've always had a schedule, Yeah, but it was somebody else giving me a schedule. Telling you what right? to do. Yeah. yeah. But my life was so scheduled. So then it was like, oh, geez, what do I, you know, how yeah. do I manage this? I knew there was things that I needed to get done, but I did the same with you. I might not be as scheduled out, but it's I Monday, Wednesday, Friday are my laundry days. Like yeah. I do it every other day and that's. You stick to it. I stick to it because it's smaller loads. It's not a yeah. bunch at one time. I do it every other day and that's, that's my routine there and then throw in the cleaning stuff with the house and once I get done with that sometimes I do more on one day than the other depends on what I've got going on that week but then once I get done with those things then I can say okay all right house is clean we're good there what else you know can we do or you know plan for the kids some activities or something like that but yeah yeah it's mainly you you kind of have to have a mindset of what you're going to do every week or else you know you won't get anything done. done. Yeah. And I remember my mom and we've talked about that. My mom worked the whole time I was growing up. So we didn't do a lot during the week. I mean, we know we would pick up and just do the, 
the things that had yeah. to be done, but it was like Saturday morning, all hands on deck. Yes, Saturday. Like you're gonna yeah. clean your room, you're gonna do all of this while she does the other, and my dad pitched in. So, you know, those are some things that if you are a working mm-hmm. mom, to don't feel like you have to do it all yourself. Like your kids can do more than what you think that they can do sometimes. Yeah. Make them help. It's okay to make them help, you know. Um, because we're stay-at-home mom, we probably get a lot more done during the day while they're at school or whatever. But this summer, my kids are helping. Like, yeah. they're going to have their own chores that they have to do because I cannot do it all by myself. Well, and that's when I was working. I think that was one of the hardest things, too, was that you didn't have a weekend. Yeah. Because my Saturdays were spent. I couldn't go anywhere Saturday until I had my laundry done and I felt yeah. like my house was clean enough. Right. You know, because when else am I going to do it? Right. So that was that was another thing that was kind of stressful working um but like you said you shouldn't have to do it all on your own if you have older kids that can help and do certain things you know they can't do everything but they could do certain things to help for sure all right so let's talk about uh raising christian kids to love the lord so ashley why don't you share some some thoughts that you have i think from the book of proverbs yeah when we were talking about raising and discipling our children, I couldn't help but think about the book of Proverbs, which is basically scripture given on wisdom and how to live a godly life. And so many of them are given from a like a father or mother like perspective right, to their yeah. children. Um, but I couldn't specifically, you know, the, the Proverbs thirty one woman came to my mind. And you know, this teaching comes from a wise mother to her son. It's basically characteristic on what she's telling him to look for in a potential wife and a spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the sake of time, I was just going to read, and it's still a lot of verses, but it's not the whole thing, but verses 10 through 31, I was going to read those real quick before we kind of dived into how to disciple young children. It says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it, and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates." So I kind of wanted to start off with this because are we striving every day for our kids to see us as a Proverbs 31 woman? Mm -hmm. And I know it's not possible for us to live up to these expectations daily, 
But we should be seeking the standard of living. Matthew 5, 48 tells us, be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven is perfect. And, you know, we've mentioned verses in the past talking mm-hmm. about holy living and sanctification right. and how this comes up a lot, you know, about living like Jesus and kind of having that persona in our lives. We will never seek perfect. We will never have perfection, right? But we should always be seeking it. Um, but I just kind of think if, are your kids seeing this in you? Because we must first set the example before we can give the instruction. That's you know, true. the yeah, old adage, true. do as I say do, not as I do. That doesn't work. Your children are going to do what you do most of the time. Yes. So it's important to be setting the godly example that you want your kids to follow. So then when you give them instructions on how to live, it's going to be easier for them to follow because they see that that's the way you're living your life. Exactly. Setting that example. Yes. And as she was reading Proverbs 31, we told you earlier, uh, I think last week, that this series is ever evolving and as God just kind of stirs our heart about something. But we are planning on just really digging into this Proverbs 31 in a few episodes down the road just because we recognize that when you read that, it seems like a lot. Yeah. But I heard the other day that this was over the course of her lifetime yep. that she did all of this stuff. And, you know, when we look at it from that perspective, it's easy for us not to get bogged down with all of the things that she did. You right. know, Ecclesiastes talks about that there's seasons of our life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's seasons that we have babies and toddlers and we've got to be right there with them nurturing them but then you know as they get older we can kind of loosen the strings a little bit but we've got other things that we can dive into and so we wanted to talk about that more in depth in a few weeks um but I did want to say this when she was reading that I thought about my grandmother I'll call her mama ransom that's what (laughs) we called her but she was a pastor's wife and she passed away um about a year and a half ago Uh, after a a stroke, but I watched her throughout her lifetime. You know, they didn't have a ton of money or anything like that. Um, She didn't have a lot of material things to offer her kids, but she provided a good home for them. She raised them. You know, my grandfather was out working. He worked a full-time job and he pastored. And so she was the one in the home with the family, raising them, making sure that they had clothes on their back, feeding them, um, doing all of those things. And she was a strong-willed woman. You know, I would be the first to say, like, she had her opinions about things and she wasn't afraid to let you know. You know, my dad talks about, even in church, if they were misbehaving, that she had these thick, long fingernails and she would just reach over and just pinch them (laughs) to get them to be quiet in church. Um, And to this day, my dad is like, do not pinch pinch me. me. (laughs) Don't pinch me. But, you know, when she was nearing the end of her life, I saw my entire family come together. All of her kids wanted to be there for her because that was a time in her life that she needed them. And, and she was always there for Yeah, because she was there for them. And I saw that. And in that verse of scripture where it's her children called her blessed, they yes. arose and called her blessed. It's like, I saw that firsthand in her life because she was a good mom. She loved the Lord and she trained them and she raised them up. Um, But when we look at that Proverbs 31 woman, like she lived that through the course of her life. And at the end of her life, that was her reward. You know, all of her family coming together and sharing stories of 
you know, in and out of her home and things like that, that I just, that's our goal, right? Goal. As that moms, should be our that goal. should be our yes. goal. Like I want that. Yes. I, I'm not going to be perfect, but I hope that at the end of my life that my kids come together and they can say, mom was a good mom. Right. She loved us. She took care of us. Uh, she neglected her own needs at times to make sure that we had we what, we what we needed. And yeah. I hope that they see that in a love that we, we have for them. Yeah. You know? So um, I wanted to also talk about in the foreword of the book, Mama Bear Apologetics, Nancy Piercy wrote, God has given the parents the primary responsibility for the spiritual education of their children. In a previous era, it was not unusual for parents to slide that responsibility off to their church, youth group, or Christian school, but that is no longer possible. In an increasingly secular age, it's more obvious than ever that parents are on the front lines in preparing their children to face a society that responds to Christianity with puzzlement and outright hostility. And right now we're doing a study at our church um, in our uh, Sunday school class of a mama bear apologetics. And we're able to sit down and talk about these really difficult, hard topics that we're facing in our world today and gleaning from one another as moms, but then also giving us talking points that we can teach and train our kids whenever these topics come up. Um, and then also in the book, Why They Stay, and I've referenced this before, Dr. Steve Parr states that some studies indicate that the probability of a person experiencing salvation in adulthood is only 6%. That's that crazy. is like astounding to me. It is. That is crazy. But it's imperative that parents expose their children to the gospel. He also states, which is a great reminder to us, that you cannot make your child accept Christ but as a parent, you can encourage a child in the development of their faith by offering them opportunities to hear the gospel and learn the stories of the faith. He goes on to say, I believe that the best place to do that is the home. The second most important place to offer these opportunities is a Bible teaching church. He also says that from his research, it is no coincidence that the number one self-described reason for staying in church was family upbringing. So here's the cold hard truth for all of us mamas out there. Children learn from example, as Ashley had already mentioned, and if you want them to develop a faith of their own, they need to see you living it out. They need to see you um, serving the Lord in the best ways that you can. So Ashley, let's talk about some practical things that we can do to kind of steer our children in their faith. First, I think, you know, when I think about my kids being young and in church, that it really ingrains something in them. So faithfully attending church, I feel like Mm -hmm. is is one thing, you know, Sunday morning church attendance, as we always say, is a Saturday night decision, right? You make the decision Saturday night, whether you're going to get up and go to church or not. Um, And it's like, I always talk about this before church every Sunday. Even I do this. I get the kids' clothes ready. I get my clothes ready. I lay everything out. I give them their showers Saturday night. That way, all I have to do is get them up in the morning. I keep some little mini muffins on hand because Mm -hmm. that's what we eat in the car on the way to church. Um, That's what they have for breakfast. Because So that way, I'm not stressing myself out. Oh, they got to have breakfast. Oh, they got to have baths. Or that's just more of an Doesn't excuse. it seem like Sunday morning oh, is Sunday usually mornings. when everything kind of like goes off the rails, like it's stressful. So anything oh, yeah. that you can do the night before to alleviate some of that yes. stress, go ahead and do it. Because it's so easy for parents to 
get caught up in the stress mm-hmm. that Sunday morning and, and then, then just, just throw, throw their hands, hands up. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be like, I'm done. I can't tell you how many times I've done this and I've still got in the car on Sunday morning, headed to church and go, <gasps> yes. and I'm, I'm out of breath and I'm just like, I need the air on me because yeah. I just feel like I've been running around everywhere. Um, that's just something simple that you can do to make Sunday mornings a little bit easier with your kids. But you know, also let your kids see you reading your Bible and praying, you know, pray over your meals do family devotions. That's not something that we have started doing. I have, I do things with the kids pace, mm-hmm. you know, Reese is only two. Um, but I have started buying little devotions for pace that he can do on his own. He likes yeah. to read. Um, and he likes working kind of independently with that kind of stuff. And so he'll get his Bible. And yeah. right now he's going through like the little Tim Tebow devotional oh, thing yeah. for kids. Landon has like that. And it's, it's really simple, you yeah. know, it's really simple concepts and it's, it's easy, but it's something that they can take into their relationships with their friends in school. Right. Um, and we, as far as family devotion, we kind of ebb and flow sometimes. It just depends on what kind of season that we're in. Um, one thing that we did while the kids were in school is 7 a.m. That's because we had different start times for yeah. school because they were in different schools. Um, but everybody, that was a time that everybody could come together. And it was a five-minute, like, let's read a verse of Scripture and let's talk about what it means. And then we pray. Yeah. And then that way, at least, even though it's only five to ten minutes at the most, but we're at least getting the, God's Word in them early in the morning before they start their day yeah yeah but now school's out and right. so we're trying to figure it's out different. what time works best for that so it kind of ebbs and flows with whatever our schedule is but um but I think yes letting them see you do that so like mm-hmm. you said with pace like yeah. they can do it on their own if yeah. they're able to read they can go ahead and do that yeah and it's just so a lot of times here lately I've been having my study time I'm like okay pace we're gonna have a study time now, so take your devotion, and yeah. I'm going to take, you know, my Bible, and we're just going to sit here and study perfect. for, you know, 15, 20 minutes, um, but, you know, in sharing Jesus with others, and having your kids see you show kindness to others, yeah. and, you know, giving money to people on the side of the road is a little skeptical these days, right, but right. we also know that we could be entertaining angels unaware, right, the Bible tells right. us that, and we just never know, um, so you always give with a good heart, and, and that's a, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit. There yeah. have been times that I have gone by some somewhere mm-hmm. and I, I didn't think that I needed to. No. Like it was just a situation that I felt like I needed to keep my keep family going. safe maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there have been other times where the Lord has just impressed yeah. on my heart. Like this is, I need to give, yeah. I need to do something. And whatever they do with that, that's out of my hands. That's right. But you my can't kids control that. need see to see that. me doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, I even think it's how Important. you respond at the grocery store. If you're having to yeah. wait a long time in line and, yeah. you know, and you're getting frustrated, those simple things are things that your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. And are you behaving in a Christian like manner in front yeah. of them? That's so true. And, you know, we talk about sometimes when we may not act as we should in front of our kids, apologizing mm-hmm. to our kids yes. and letting them know that we realize that what we've done is wrong. I have I have an example of this because I had to do this with Pace right before he got out of school. I was I had got in the car and I had planned to take him, I think it was like his last day of school or one of his last days. I take planned to take him to get breakfast that morning. Mm-hmm. Um and the new Chick-fil-A just opened up in Jefferson. <laughs> so we were just, I had all these plans. And then I was also taking my mother-in-law to have surgery done in Atlanta. So everything's in my car. You know, you want to take yeah. your car when things like that happen. Right. I get in my car and it won't start. 
Oh, no. I've had battery issues with this car. Something with the TVs in the back. I don't know, but it would not start. And I freaked out. <laughs> I was hitting the dash. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You stupid car. Why now? You know? And I mean, I, would, I just lost it. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I told Pace, I was like, all right, luckily we had another vehicle we could take. So we got in it. And I looked at him and I'm like, I'm sorry, Pace. I was like, I didn't mean to have a complete meltdown on you. And he was like, it's okay. It's okay. He said, but maybe there's a reason that we didn't take that car Aww, or there's yeah. a reason we didn't get breakfast because the last time we got breakfast he puked in my car so I was like yeah maybe there's a reason but you know I did apologize to him yeah I probably apologized to him two or three times before we got to school because I didn't want him going to school and seeing me like that you well, know so recognizing yeah. that oh well we I acted out of line yeah you know and they need to see that because there are going to be moments that they're going to act out of line too. And they need to be able to recognize, Hey mom, I'm sorry. I did that. That's right. You know, because they've seen you apologize too. I would also add getting your kids involved in missions, whatever that may look like for us. uh, A couple of years ago, we were able to take Maddie and Landon to a Boston trip where we were just going up there to serve the community. And, um, they love that. They love being able to serve and pray with people. And they were out of their element Mm -hmm. here to where they could go there and just serve. Right. And it was great to see that. You know, different ministries have food banks. Um, there's so many different ways that you can serve in a capacity with your kids. We, as I mentioned before, do a nursing home ministry. So when the kids are out of school, we get them to go with us and they sing to the mm-hmm. people at the nursing home. And the people at the nursing home love that. But yes. it's also a great way for our kids to see that it's not always about us. That's right. Like sometimes we have to do things that are a little uncomfortable that is – uh, brings light and hope to somebody, somebody else. else. Not everybody lives like you live and how yeah. grateful and how blessed you are. Yeah. And to be able to reach out and help those people and how important it is to, you yeah. know, help the needy. It says in the, how many times does it say in the Bible to help yes. the needy and help the poor? Yeah. Um, and just showing your kids that, but I can't help but think in reading the mama bear apologetics. And if you haven't read the book, I'm in the throes of reading it right now. It's great. Um, yeah. I encourage you to read it and we're going to have, like that recommendations page on our website, we have got the book out there for you. Um, and we'll post some more on that possibly later in the week. But it talks about too, how we're, we need to be raising kids that can think on their own. It's can they, if somebody from school questions them about their faith, can they respond to it? That's all what apologetics is all about. Can they argue their faith and argue their beliefs to one of their fellow classmates that does is not a believer or one of their teachers as they get older because that's how they talk about you know a lot of people a lot of kids after they graduate move away from Mm -hmm. home start college they leave the faith yes and a lot of it comes down to their liberal professors that somebody has a really great influence on them to where Mm -hmm. they didn't get the training growing up to be able to defend the faith right I love what she talks about. She uses the example of a chew and spit method. Yes. Of no matter That's what right. you're doing with your kids, whether it's watching a television program or listening to music yep. um, or sitting in a classroom that you take what they're telling you, you yes. chew it up mm-hmm. and you know, we know that not everything that they hear is accurate and correct yes. and help them to be able to decipher that so that then they, the things that they know that go against God's word, spit it out. That's right. And then they can take, even from secular teachings, there, there are some, some great points yeah, and some, some great, great things lessons that they can take in yeah. and they can learn from it, but then they can spit that bad out. 
And that's what, you know, she talks about we can't protect them from everything. Right. So it's teaching them that, okay, so a friend tells you about the song, because we just recently had this, and you go and you pull it up and you listen to it. It's you yeah. saying, oh, Ooh. that's got words yeah. in it that I shouldn't be listening to. Yeah. You know, and she even goes as far as to print the lyrics out. Yeah. Sit down with them and let's read these lyrics. Yeah. And let's talk about, what, talk this about means. what this And means. is this something that is God honoring, yeah. you know, when he tells us to think on things that are good and honest and true and all of those things and help them to realize this song does not have that. That's and right. let them recognize it let rather than us just it. saying, no, you can't it's listen bad. to that. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, if we're constantly, oh, that's bad, you can't do that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. what you can't do that. You can't be around these people. You can't go to these places. You can't yeah. listen to these things. When they get old enough to where they're not under your roof anymore, yeah. they're, they're going to go, go do, do it, it. <laughs> yes. you know, because they're curious. They, yeah. you know, just because you told them not to, they don't yeah. know the reason why. Right. And so it's, you know, having that reason why to back up their faith and letting them experience and ask questions as they should. So what what are some things I know we kind of talked about you know y'all doing the devotions and stuff is there anything else that you do specifically with the kids you know that kind of just is in a discipleship with them helping them grow the relationship with the Lord One big thing that and Derek is really good about this is looking for teachable moments yeah and I can't help but think about what you told me about Maddie the other day. Yes. So I'll share <laughs> that. So yeah. she wanted to tell us about something. And so we were all in the kitchen and she said, mom, can you come up to my room? Because I need to talk to you about something. And Derek said, why can't you talk to her about it in front of me? And she said, because you'll just give me a Bible verse <laughs> and I just want to talk about it. I don't want a Bible <laughs> verse about that. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so my kids do recognize now. Yes. And sometimes you have to recognize not to be too preachy about yeah, it. And sometimes can. we probably are more on that side of it and we need to recognize that sometimes. But um, taking those little moments of something happened at school. Well, yeah. you know, how can we figure out what the Bible says about that and how right. as a Christian we should respond to that and just looking for teachable moments whenever we get a chance. And I there's so many the just thing. in daily life, right? And so yeah. taking a situation that may happen that seems so simple, but going home and saying, let's open up the Bible and let's, let's, let's talk see, about this. Yeah. yeah, about the situation that happened, what we can do and how we can respond. Right. I like that. So with, you know, kind of going into motherhood, we don't have all the answers. Right. Like, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yes. Um, we, we lean on each other and friends at times to, you know, help us. But know that it's such an incredible honor to yeah. be a mother. Yes. Like, I just, I thank the Lord every night for my kids and blessing me with my kids. Because being a mom, as I've said before, is, you know, it's challenging. But it's the greatest reward. Yes. That I think I can ever have in they are yours. They're yours to disciple and train. Mm-hmm. And so that's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. You do have that responsibility on you. But when you see the fruits of your labor in your kids praying or discipling to others, yeah. you know, it's all worth it. And that's what you're doing. We're raising little disciples. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what is the purpose you would say for us learning about this this week? I was thinking about this and I was studying. I was reminded of the scripture in Joshua chapter four. If you're not familiar with this story, it's after all that God had done for the children of Israel. You remember letting them cross the Red Sea. Moses had died, and now Joshua is the leader. And he leads them in the Battle of Jericho. You know how they conquer the city. And then God allows them to cross the Jordan on dry ground by cutting off the waters. And then in Joshua 4, the Lord tells Joshua to take 12 men 
um, one from each tribe, and place the 12 stones as a memorial. And in verse 6, it says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What may need be these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Then if we jump to Judges chapter 2, Joshua dies, and in verse 10 it says, And also the generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he hath done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. And that just makes me think like the generation that we're living in is a godless generation that we are seeing coming up. But as parents, we have the responsibility to tell our children about the good things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're seeing a lot of this. Yeah, it's sad to see how much neglect and there there's no more fear or reverence for the lord anymore right there i mean and that's even some christians i think have lost their fear of yeah. the lord um but we we don't need to forget what he has done in past times yeah you know the purpose is to remind us that our christian influence matters to our children they need to hear the stories of the goodness of god the holiness of god and the salvation of god and they need to see mamas and daddies taking their own faith seriously. Yeah, that's so important. You you have to walk the talk, right? Not just yes. talk the talk. So what's the challenge for all of us mamas that we can take into the next week? So two things. When we talked about time management, make a plan. Prioritize what needs to be done, even if that means loving on a sick or a needy baby for the day. Like that is that has purpose in and of itself. But then pick one or two things that you need to get done each day. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just do your best and stick to it. And then secondly, um, start from infancy, reading the Bible stories, singing Jesus Loves Me. Implement a family devotion. You know, start with once a week. You know, it doesn't have to be every day starting off because that might overwhelm your family. But once a week, just take a time to make Jesus the ultimate priority in your home. This is in addition to going to church on Sunday mornings. We hope that you are already doing that. That's in addition to maybe going to a Wednesday night program. But it's seeing them inside your home, reading, praying, and of course going to church. Tell your kids about Jesus any chance you get so that they won't end up like the generation in Judges that didn't know the Lord nor the good things that he had done. Tell them about your salvation and remind them of the true miracle and gift that they are from the Lord each and every day. I like that. And also there are so many resources that you can turn to for moms and we're going to try to use our website to constantly post some things yeah. that we've read, but the Mama Bear Apologetics book as you know, we talked about possibly starting a small group on your own, you know, mm -hmm. where y'all are reading these books and also why they stay is great for recognizing the importance of making your faith real at home. And I'd also like to add a podcast that I really enjoy. It's called Birds on a Wire with Karen Stubbs. If you're not listening to that, especially if you have young children at home, she often talks about being a student of your child and with four kids with four different personalities. Um, her perspective has been very beneficial to me and my parenting. Almost definitely. I've listened to some of her stuff too, and it's really good. So we're going to put the resources that we have talked about today down in the description box here for the podcast. 
but we'll also have it up on our website so that way you have one page that you can go to to see all of our recommendations but I think that is all that we have for today I know this was a lengthy episode but hopefully you enjoyed it and were able to take something into your motherhood journey Thank you all so much for your love and support. Remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful woman of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.